If you're enjoying this Crush Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Med Prep to Go Step 1 Questions podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called the Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ted O'Connell, one of the authors of Crush Step 1, the ultimate USMLE Step 1 review, along with my co-authors, Ryan Pedigo and Thomas Blair. I am also the chief content officer for Inside the Boards. This is a Crush Step 1 podcast based on the second edition of our best-selling book. The goal is to provide you high-yield and high-quality audio content of the book to help you study on the go and reclaim some of the time in your day. Welcome back to the microbiology chapter of Crush Step 1. This is Mimi narrating part 5. In this section of the chapter, we'll finish up our discussion of DNA viruses starting with the parvoviridae family. Then we'll move on to discuss several of the RNA viruses. Let's get started with a discussion of parvoviruses. They have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, and have a single-stranded linear DNA structure. The virus of clinical significance within this family is parvovirus B19. Parvovirus B19 is a small, non-enveloped virus with single-stranded DNA. It is the only DNA virus with single-stranded DNA. The virus inoculates the nasal cavity, leading to viremia and fever. It has a special preference for erythrocyte precursor cells, lysing them as the virus replicates. Normal individuals can tolerate this lack of erythropoiesis, but those with chronic hemolytic disorders such as sickle cell anemia or thalassemia, or HIV and AIDS, can experience a transient aplastic anemia crisis. In children with normal erythropoiesis, immune complex deposition in the skin and joints leads to a classic rash with a, quote, slapped cheek appearance and arthralgias for several days. This is called erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease. Other clinical syndromes include hydrops fetalis in a fetus infected in the first half of pregnancy and chronic anemia in an immunocompromised patient. 
Next, let's discuss Popova viruses. They also have an icosahedral capsid and are non-enveloped. These have a double-stranded circular DNA structure. The viruses of clinical significance within this group include human papillomavirus and polyomaviruses, which include BK virus and JC virus. Human papillomavirus, or HPV, is the most common STI in the United States. It infects the basal layer of squamous epithelium of the skin and mucosa. The virus uses E6 and E7 proteins to turn off replication checkpoints, which are P53 and RB respectively, in basal cells. This causes proliferation of cells which we see as warts, called condyloma acuminata. Strains 6 and 11 are the most highly associated with benign warts, both congenital and non-congenital. Other strains, particularly strains 16 and 18, cause the development of cervical cancer, anal cancer, and oropharyngeal cancer. Figures 537 and 538 show some common clinical presentations of HPV. Special clinical situations include the following. Number 1. Patients with epidermodysplasia verrucoformis, which is an autosomal recessive disorder, have a particular susceptibility to HPV and present with many flat warts all over their body in childhood. They are at particular risk for squamous cell carcinomas in adulthood. Second, infants born to mothers with genital warts can get laryngeal warts that cause airway obstruction. Currently, screening recommendations are for women to begin having pap smears at age 21 years for detection of HPV through the PCR method and looking for evidence of dysplastic cells. A positive pap smear may warrant further evaluation with colposcopy, in which 1% acetic acid is used to visualize any neoplastic lesions, causing them to turn white. Any visualized lesions can then be biopsied. The advent of HPV vaccines has significantly reduced the incidence of HPV-caused cancers and warts. Gardasil protects against strains 6, 11, 16, and 18, whereas Cervarix only protects against strains 16 and 18. Polyomaviruses are ubiquitous and have two clinically important members, BK virus and JC virus. Both cause mild primary disease in an immunocompetent host and then lie dormant, causing disease during immunocompromise. In particular, BK virus has a tropism for genitourinary epithelium and can cause nephropathy and hemorrhagic cystitis in the immunocompromised host. Classically, it causes allograft nephropathy after kidney transplantation. JC virus prefers to infect oligodendrocytes of the CNS causing progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, or PML, in an immunocompromised host, characterized by impaired coordination, speech, and memory. Remember, PA for papillomavirus and PO for polyomavirus. PA and PO together spell the first few letters of papovaviruses. Let's move on to adenoviruses. They have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, and have a double-stranded linear DNA structure. Within this group, adenoviruses are of clinical significance. Adenoviruses are a group of 50 different subtypes that are an important cause of febrile illness, especially in preschools and in households with small children. Spread occurs by aerosol droplets, fecal-oral route, or direct contact. The virus binds through hemagglutinin, entering and lysing epithelial cells of the following respiratory tract, 
conjunctiva, bladder, and GI tract. In the respiratory tract, it causes rhinitis, pharyngitis, and occasionally atypical pneumonia. In the conjunctiva, it causes conjunctivitis. In the bladder, it causes hemorrhagic cystitis. And in the GI tract, it causes gastroenteritis with non-bloody diarrhea. A vaccine has been developed, but is only used by the military. Immunocompromised individuals with severe adenoviral infections can be treated with sidofovir. Next, let's discuss pox viruses. They have a complex capsid, are enveloped, and have a double-stranded linear DNA structure. Within this group, smallpox or variola virus and molluscum contagiosum are of clinical significance. Variola virus was the cause of smallpox, which causes fever, rash, and had a high mortality rate, but it was eradicated in 1979 and no cases have been reported since. Molluscum contagiosum is spread by skin-to-skin contact and causes pearly, umbilicated, dome-shaped papules. For an example, see figure 539. It can be thought of as a chronic, localized, and mild version of smallpox. Widespread disease can occur in immunocompromised patients. Consider HIV. The palms and soles are spared in this case. Diagnosis can be made clinically with confirmation by hematoxylin and eosin, or H&E stain, of a lesion, which shows eosinophilic inclusion bodies, called molluscum bodies. That's it for DNA viruses. Now let's discuss RNA viruses. RNA viruses are presented in two sections, naked, which means they lack an envelope, and enveloped viruses. Naked viruses are resistant to heat, drying, and detergents, allowing for prolonged survival, whereas viral envelopes are sensitive to these exposures. Let's begin by discussing non-enveloped RNA viruses. The first group is picornaviruses. They have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, and have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure. Within this group, the viruses of clinical significance are poliovirus, echovirus, rhinovirus, coxsackievirus, and hepatitis A virus, which together form the mnemonic PERCH. The picornavirus, which means small RNA virus family, consists of non-enveloped, single-stranded, positive-sense RNA viruses. Clinically important members of this viral family cause enteric disease. They are the so-called enteroviruses which are poliovirus, echovirus, the numbered enteroviruses, and Coxsackie virus, as well as hepatitis A and the common cold, which is caused by rhinovirus. Poliovirus has been nearly eradicated worldwide with the advent of vaccination and improved sanitation. The SOC, which ends with a K for killed, vaccine, consists of formalin-killed inactivated poliovirus, or IPV. The Sabine oral polio vaccine, or OPV, consists of a live, attenuated strain. Before total use of IPV, a rare complication of the OPV was vaccine-associated paralytic poliomyelitis, which is discussed later. The virus is spread by the fecal-oral route, replicates in the tonsils and pyre patches of the intestinal tract, and spreads through blood and lymph to the brain and spinal cord. There are three forms of the disease subclinical or mild illness, which is a febrile illness lasting 72 hours or less, aseptic meningitis, which causes fever, neck pain, stiffness, skin rash, and vomiting, which lasts one to two weeks, and third, paralytic poliomyelitis. 
Paralytic poliomyelitis is caused by viral infection of the motor neurons of the anterior horn. This causes muscle spasms and an asymmetric descending paralysis, which affects the proximal muscles first and then the distal muscles of the extremities. When bulbar nerves are involved, the diaphragm may be affected, leading to the need for respiratory support. Muscle tone and reflexes are eventually lost. Normal sensory nerve function is retained. Recovery of motor neuron function occurs over up to six months. Echovirus is a common enterovirus, most common in the summer and fall. It can cause a spectrum of disease, from febrile illness to URI symptoms to petechial or purpuric rashes, serotype 9 specifically, to a maculopapular rash, which causes a non-paritic salmon pink set of macules of the face and upper chest. It mostly affects children and is the most common cause of aseptic meningitis and encephalitis in children younger than one year. Rhinovirus, which has more than 100 species, is responsible for symptoms of the common cold, including rhinorrhea, nasal congestion, sore throat, cough, or scratchy throat. Most serotypes of rhinovirus bind to ICAM-1 on the epithelial cells that line the nasopharynx. It is easily transmissible from person to person through nasal secretions or by aerosolized droplets, so cover your cough. Unlike other picornaviruses, it does not transmit by fecal-oral routes because it degrades in gastric acid. There are two groups of Coxsackie viruses, Coxsackie A and Coxsackie B. Both Coxsackie A and B viruses can cause a nonspecific febrile illness, symptoms of the common cold, diffuse rash, and aseptic meningitis. Coxsackie A causes herpangina, which is a febrile illness causing small red vesicles at the back of the mouth as well as hand, foot, and mouth disease, which is a febrile illness that causes small red vesicles of the mouth and rashes of the palms and soles. See figure 540. Coxsackie B can affect the heart, causing myocarditis or pericarditis, as well as the lungs, causing pleurodynia, and it can also cause hepatitis and pancreatitis. The numbered enteroviruses cause a multitude of symptoms, Enterovirus 71, for example, can cause hand, foot, and mouth disease, encephalomyelitis or other severe neurologic disease, pulmonary hemorrhage, and cardiovascular collapse. Importantly, patients who lack robust antibody protection, such as those with Bruton A-gamma-globulinemia, are particularly susceptible to severe enteroviral infections. Hepatitis A virus can cause a spectrum of disease, from asymptomatic subclinical disease in young children to self-limited acute hepatitis with jaundice, and in very rare cases, in 1% of individuals, it can cause fulminant hepatic failure. See figure 541 for a graph showing the clinical course of hepatitis A infection. Hep A is transferred by the fecal-oral route and is often associated with food or waterborne outbreaks. Prodromal symptoms include fatigue, malaise, nausea, vomiting, anorexia, fever, and right upper quadrant pain. Diagnosis is by the anti-HEP-A IgM antibody. The anti-HEP-A IgG antibody indicates old disease and protects against future infection. Vaccination against HEP-A is now included as a routine pediatric vaccine and is recommended for travelers to endemic countries. Next, let's discuss hepiviruses. These have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, 
have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure, and the virus of clinical significance within this group is the hepatitis E virus. The most medically important member of the Hepiviridae family is the hepatitis E virus, E for enteric. Clinical presentation is similar to that of Hep A and usually causes a self-limited viral hepatitis in immunocompetent individuals. Hep E can cause fulminant hepatic failure in pregnant women and a chronic infection in immunocompromised patients, such as transplant recipients. It is endemic to the Indian subcontinent and Southeast Asia. Outbreaks are common after heavy flooding because the virus is spread by the fecal-oral route or through food or waterborne outbreaks. Common mnemonic to help remember that both Hep A and Hep E have fecal-oral transmission is the vowels go through your bowels. Next, let's discuss Khaleesi viruses. These have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure, and the virus of clinical significance within this group is the Norwalk virus. The Khaleesi virus family has several genera, of which noroviruses are the most re- relevant to human disease. The Norwalk virus and other noroviruses are a major cause of acute viral gastroenteritis in individuals of all ages. Noroviruses are highly contagious and are spread by the fecal-oral route, aerosolized droplets, contaminated food, often shellfish, and surfaces. Outbreaks in enclosed communities are common, such as daycare centers, schools, and cruise ships. As with other non-enveloped viruses, norovirus infections are best prevented with diligent handwashing and thorough cleaning of affected areas with bleach. Next, let's discuss rheoviruses, which are called respiratory enteric orphan viruses. They have an icosahedral capsid, are non-enveloped, have a double-stranded RNA structure, and are segmented, and the virus of clinical significance within this group is rheovirus, which causes Colorado tick fever, as well as rotavirus. Rheoviruses are non-enveloped, double-stranded, and segmented RNA viruses. Their genetic material is divided into 10 to 12 segments. As naked viruses, the rheoviridae are resistant to drying and to detergents, which allows for prolonged survival in the environment outside of a host. They are easily transmissible between hosts, for example, respiratory secretions, saliva, and fecal-oral route, and they are also transmitted by fomites. Naked viruses such as the rheoviruses are, however, sensitive to cleaning agents such as chlorine, bleach, and high heat, which is fortunate because outbreaks of highly contagious diarrheal illness are caused by members of the rheoviridae family. Rotavirus causes gastroenteritis and is the most common worldwide cause of fatal diarrhea in children. Rotavirus is also to blame for epidemics of diarrheal illness in daycare centers. After an incubation period of about two days, symptoms may start with vomiting and fever, followed by non-bloody diarrhea, consisting of watery or yellow stools. The virus causes villous atrophy and impairs gut absorption of sodium and water. See figure 542 for the mechanism of rotavirus-mediated diarrhea. Minimal to moderate fecal leukocytes are visualized. Treatment is supportive and is centered on preventing dehydration. Oral vaccination for infants and children, which is the live attenuated vaccine, is recommended. A previous rotavirus vaccine, which was withdrawn from the market in 1999, was associated with an increased risk of intussusception.
Another type of real virus causes Colorado tick fever, which is transmitted by the wood tick dermacenter and is geographically limited to the western United States. As a blood-borne infection, it has also been known to be transmitted by blood transfusion. Peak incidence is in the months of April to June. Illness is characterized by fever or by recurrent fevers, as well as chills, myalgia, petechial or maculopapular rash, and or leukopenia three to six days after a tick bite. Let's move on from non-enveloped RNA viruses to a discussion of enveloped RNA viruses. The first family we will discuss are the flaviviruses. These have an icosahedral capsid, are enveloped, have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure, and the viruses of clinical significance within this family are hepatitis C, yellow fever virus, dengue fever virus, West Nile virus, St. Louis encephalitis virus, and Japanese encephalitis virus. Flaviviruses are single-stranded, positive-sense RNA virus. This family includes hep C, the most common worldwide cause of cirrhosis and the most common cause of hepatocellular carcinoma in the United States. Many of the flaviviruses are arboviruses, meaning they are spread by the bite of an infected arthropod, either a tick, in tick-borne encephalitis, or a mosquito, in yellow fever or West Nile virus. They can cause febrile illness, for example, dengue fever and yellow fever, and encephalitis, for example, West Nile virus, St. Louis encephalitis virus, and Japanese encephalitis virus. Hep C virus is transmitted parenterally through IV drug use, blood transfusion, sexual contact, or other blood-borne exposure. Initial infection is often asymptomatic or subclinical, causing fatigue and constitutional symptoms, but can present as acute hepatitis, that is, fever, nausea, and right upper quadrant pain. About 80% of hep C infections become chronic, and 30% of these persistent infections progress to severe complications, cirrhosis and hepatocellular carcinoma. Cirrhosis from hep C virus is second only to cirrhosis resulting from alcohol consumption in the United States. Hep C mutates easily, and adaptive immunity to rapidly changing antigens means it can form autoantibodies and immune complexes that can cause vasculitis from mixed cryoglobulinemia as well as glomerulonephritis. Treatment until recently consisted of pegylated interferon alpha plus ribavirin and was effective with significant side effects. Newer antiviral therapies exist and regimens are tailored to the patient's hep C genotype. For genotype 1A of hep C, which is the most common genotype in North America, sofosbuvir with semeprovir or ledipasvir can achieve a sustained virologic response in a vast majority of patients. Yellow fever virus is transmitted by the bite of the Aedes aegypti mosquito and is endemic to South America and Sub-Saharan Africa. Vaccination with a live attenuated strain is required for travelers to these endemic areas. Most people infected with yellow fever are asymptomatic. In those who develop illness, initial presentation is a febrile illness with malaise, headache, myalgia, nausea, vomiting, lasting a few days. After a brief one to two day remission of symptoms, 15% of affected individuals progress to jaundice, which is why it's called yellow fever as well as renal failure and hemorrhagic fever, which causes coagulopathy and cutaneous mucosal or GI bleeding, known as black vomit. 
Dengue fever virus is also transmitted by the Aedes aegypti mosquito and is found worldwide, including the southern United States. It causes a painful febrile illness called breakbone fever, with headache and severe muscle and joint pains for up to one week. Treatment is supportive care. Repeat infection, especially with serotype 2, causes a severe immunologic response that results in dengue hemorrhagic fever, characterized by fever and severe hemorrhage, resulting in petechiae, spontaneous bleeding, and thrombocytopenia, which leads to shock and possibly death. See figure 543. West Nile virus is among a group of flaviviruses that cause fever, meningitis, and encephalitis. West Nile virus, St. Louis encephalitis, and Japanese encephalitis viruses are transmitted by the bite of the Culex mosquito. They are appropriately named for the regions in which they were first endemic. St. Louis encephalitis virus was first identified in St. Louis, Missouri. And Japanese encephalitis virus is the most common cause of viral meningitis in Southeast Asia. West Nile virus is endemic worldwide, causing outbreaks in North America, Europe, Africa, West Asia, the Middle East, and Australia. It is asymptomatic in most people infected with the virus. In symptomatic individuals, the milder manifestation is West Nile fever, characterized by fever, malaise, myalgia, and in half of individuals, a maculopapular rash. More severe manifestations are meningitis or encephalitis with muscle weakness or acute asymmetric flaccid paralysis. Immunocompromised individuals and older adults are at greater risk for developing severe disease or complications. Next, let's discuss togaviruses, which have an icosahedral capsid, are enveloped, have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure, and include the clinically significant viruses of rubella, eastern equine encephalitis, western equine encephalitis viruses. The togavirus family is composed of alphaviruses and rubiviruses. Alpha viruses, which include eastern equine encephalitis and western equine encephalitis viruses, are arboviruses, discussed earlier, and cause encephalitis, as you probably guessed. Rubivirus, or rubella virus, causes the febrile illness rubella. Eastern equine encephalitis virus is found in the eastern United States and is so named because it was first isolated from horse brains. It is transmitted from the bite of an infected mosquito, such as the pesky Aedes aegypti mosquito. In infected humans, EEE virus causes encephalitis with a mortality rate of about 35%. The closely related arbovirus Western Equine Encephalitis, or WEE, is endemic to the Western United States and causes less severe encephalitis than EEE. Mortality rates from WEE are lower, about 4%. Treatment is supportive and vaccination is available for horses only. Rubella virus is transmitted through the respiratory secretions of infected individuals. In children and adults, rubella virus causes rubella, also known as German measles, which is a febrile illness followed by acute onset of pink mapulopapular rash, see figure 544, which spreads from the head to the trunk and to the extremities. This rash lasts three days, and is also called the three-day rash, and it can be accompanied by joint pains. In contrast to the rash of rubiola, which causes measles, the rubella rash is distributed similarly, but spreads more rapidly and does not darken or coalesce. Whereas measles cause coplic spots on the buccal mucosa, 
Rubella may produce red petechiae on the soft palate, which are called Forchheimer spots. In addition, the posterior cervical and occipital lymph nodes enlarge in rubella. All children are vaccinated against rubella as part of the MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. Pregnant women, however, should not receive the MMR vaccine because of the theoretical risk for transplacental infection with the live attenuated strain of rubella used in the vaccine. In utero, infection with rubella causes congenital rubella, which affects the CNS, causing sensorineural hearing loss and microcephaly, and affects the eyes, causing congenital cataracts leading to blindness. For an example, see figure 545. Congenital rubella also affects the heart, causing patent ductus arteriosus and pulmonary artery stenosis. Next, let's discuss retroviruses. These have an icosahedral capsid, are enveloped, have a single-stranded, linear, positive-sense RNA structure, and include the human T-cell lymphotrophic virus, or HTLV, as well as the human immunodeficiency virus, also known as HIV. Retroviruses carry an enzyme called reverse transcriptase, which is an RNA-dependent DNA polymerase. In a retrograde fashion, it transcribes DNA from its own RNA genome. Another enzyme, known as integrase, integrates the viral DNA into the host genome. Human T-cell lymphotrophic virus type 1, or HTLV1, is endemic to the Caribbean, parts of Japan, parts of the Pacific Islands, and parts of Africa. HTLV1 is transmitted vertically and by contact with bodily fluids. Two diseases have been associated with HTLV1. The first is adult T-cell leukemia or lymphoma, called ATL, and the second is tropical spastic paraparesis. ATL is a neoplasm with circulating lymphocytes known as flower cells or cloverleaf cells because of their abnormally convoluted nuclei. It presents with lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, and bone and skin findings. Dermatologic findings may include skin infiltrates on biopsy, called potrier microabscess. Tropical spastic paraparesis is a demyelinating infection of the spinal cord that causes slowly progressive lower extremity weakness and spasticity. Human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, is one of the great public health challenges for the current generation of doctors. It is the pandemic of our time. The history of its discovery and understanding is steeped in science, politics, and culture. But this is a review book, and we digress. Remember that there are two HIV viruses. This section discusses HIV-1, the cause of Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, or AIDS. At the center of the virion are two identical strands of single-stranded RNA, associated with the nucleocapsid proteins protease, reverse transcriptase, and integrase. Surrounding these central components is the capsid shell, the most important protein of which is P24. The whole kit and caboodle is surrounded by a lipid bilayer with the matrix proteins GP41 and GP120, which are essential for viral attachment and entry into the host cells. See figures 546 and 547. Much like hepatitis B, HIV is spread by the parenteral route, or fluid to fluid, through methods such as the following. A. Sexual contact which has a higher risk for transmission in women, in receptive anal intercourse, and with concomitant STIs because of greater mucosal injury. B. Blood product transfusion. 
Precautionary measures have reduced the incidence of this to 1 in 500,000 transfusions. C. IV drug use with needle sharing, which has an increased incidence in the urban areas of the United States. D. Mother to child. There is a 30% incidence for pregnancies without prophylaxis, which can occur transplacentally, during delivery, or from breastfeeding. HIV, in fact, is one of the few absolute contraindications to breastfeeding in developed countries, although in developing countries the risk for dehydration and death is potentially higher than the risk for HIV transmission. E. Needle stick injury among healthcare workers. The rate of transmission through this route is only about 0.3%, compared with 3% for hepatitis C and 30% for hepatitis B after needle stick injuries. HIV is not spread by mosquito bites, casual contacts such as kissing or sharing food, or certain bodily fluids such as tears, sweat, saliva, and urine. Once in the bloodstream, the matrix proteins GP41 and GP120 bind to the CD4 protein found on helper T-cells, as well as a few other cells, including macrophages, monocytes, and CNS dendritic cells. The co-receptor CCR5 is also required for cell entry, and rare individuals lacking this receptor appear to be resistant to HIV infection. Once the RNA and associated proteins are in the cytoplasm, the RNA is copied into DNA by reverse transcriptase. The DNA is transported into the nucleus and integrated into host DNA, where it may lie dormant or begin transcription and replication of new virions immediately, which bud from and kill the T cell. See figure 548 for a diagram. With exceptions, the usual course of infection occurs in three stages. See figures 549 and 550. Number one, an acute flu-like illness. Number two, a latent period. And finally, number three, AIDS. The first acute illness phase occurs about one month after infection. The virus replicates quickly in macrophages and lymph nodes, causing fever, malaise, generalized lymphadenopathy, and pharyngitis. Viral load is high. Antibodies may not yet have formed. This syndrome can resemble influenza or even mononucleosis. Once the immune response kicks in, the symptoms dissipate and the viral load in the blood falls, but the virus will continue to replicate in the cells of the lymph nodes. The latency phase can last between 1 year to 20 years, with the median being 8 years, and is not characterized by symptoms except for occasional lymphadenopathy, presumably from the immune response. The virus continues to replicate and the CD4 cell count slowly decreases. Toward the end of latency, particularly when the CD4 count drops to less than 400, patients are more susceptible to skin infections such as athlete's foot, oral thrush, and shingles, as well as bacterial infections such as mycobacterium tuberculosis, and they develop constitutional symptoms like fever, weight loss, night sweats, and adenopathy. The last stage is AIDS, which is defined as having a CD4 count less than 200, with clinical evidence of HIV infection or by having one of the AIDS-defining illnesses. For a list of these, see Table 5.5, but I will read them shortly. The diseases in Table 5.5 are organized by system, but another way to organize them is to think about what diseases are commonly seen at CD4 counts less than 400, less than 200, and less than 50 because your patient's CD4 count will help you decide the likely organisms on your differential diagnosis. 
The CD4 count tells you what your patient is at risk for, whereas the viral load measured by RNA or DNA PCR tells you how quickly the patient is progressing toward death. The median time from diagnosis of AIDS to death is about two years. Let's briefly move to Table 5.5, looking at opportunistic infection in AIDS patients. I will be reading from left to right, grouping the opportunistic infections by the organism that they affect, and then reading the causative organism, the CD4 count at which they are commonly seen, and the antibiotic prophylaxis at that CD4 count, if applicable. First, let's discuss opportunistic infections affecting the CNS. The first is meningitis, caused by Cryptococcus neoformans, seen at a CD4 count less than 50. Next, encephalopathy, caused by cytomegalovirus, seen at less than 50. Next, brain abscess, caused by Toxoplasma gondii, is seen at a CD4 count of less than 100. Antibiotic prophylaxis at this CD4 count of less than 100 is TMP-SMX. Next, AIDS dementia. Unknown what the causative organism for this is. It could be HIV, it could be hep C virus. Patients have an increased risk when they have a CD4 count of less than 200. Next, progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy caused by JC virus is also seen at a CD4 count of less than 200. Finally, primary CNS lymphoma caused by EBV is also seen at a CD4 count of less than 200. Affecting the skin are several diseases starting with shingles caused by VZV seen at less than 400. If your patient is unvaccinated, give varicella zoster immunoglobulin to those who are exposed to zoster or chickenpox. Next, tinea pedis caused by microsporum, trichophyton, and epidermophyton species seen at CD4 of less than 400. Next, Bacillary angiomatosis or a non-neoplastic vascular lesion caused by Bartonella henselae, Kaposi sarcoma or a neoplastic vascular lesion caused by human herpes virus 8, and condyloma acuminata caused by HPV, and anal or cervical squamous cell carcinoma caused by HPV are also commonly seen at CD4 counts of less than 400. Affecting the mucosa, we have oral hairy leukoplakia caused by EBV, seen at CD4 of less than 400. We also have oral or esophageal thrush caused by Candida albicans. Oral is seen at CD4 of less than 400, whereas esophageal thrush is seen at CD4 of less than 100. Consider prophylactic fluconazole in HIV patients with recurrent candidiasis. Also affecting the mucosa, we have oropharyngeal non-Hodgkin lymphoma, large cell type, caused by EBV, seen at a CD4 of less than 100. We also have ulcerations caused by histoplasma capsulatum, seen at a CD4 of less than 100, as well as ulcerations caused by HSV1, seen at CD4 of less than 200. Consider prophylactic acyclovir in HIV patients with recurrent HSV or zoster. Finally, affecting the mucosa, we have esophagitis caused by CMV seen at CD4s of less than 50 and caused by HSV seen at less than 200. Next, affecting the GI tract, diarrhea can be caused by Mycobacterium avium seen at less than 50, Isospora belly seen at less than 200, as well as Cryptosporidium parvum seen at less than 200, diarrhea caused by Salmonella, or Shigella, seen at CD4 counts of less than 400, as well as Giardia, seen at CD4 counts of less than 400. 
we also have CMV colitis, seen at CD4 counts of less than 50, as well as non-Hodgkin lymphoma caused by EBV, seen at CD4 counts of less than 50. Affecting the lungs, we have pneumonia, which can be caused by Mycobacterium avium and CMV, both seen at CD4 counts of less than 50. For Mycobacterium avium pneumonia, consider prophylaxing with azithromycin, clarithromycin, or rifibutin. We also have pneumonia caused by pneumocystis gerevichii or PCP, seen at CD4 counts of less than 200. Prophylaxis consists of TMP-SMX, dapsone, or atovaquone. We can also have pneumonia caused by mycobacterium tuberculosis, which is seen at CD4 counts of less than 400. Finally, affecting the lungs, we can have invasive or systemic disease caused by histoplasma capsulatum, seen at CD4 counts less than 100, or coccidioides imidis, seen at less than 200, as well as invasive disease caused by aspergillus fumigatus, also seen at CD4 counts of less than 200. We're almost done with this table. Finally, we have the reticuloendothelial system, the last system we will discuss in Table 5.5. The opportunistic infection is lymphadenopathy or splenomegaly, which can be caused by Mycobacterium avium or EBV. Both are seen at CD4 counts of less than 50. Going back to the text, besides allowing for opportunistic infections, HIV also causes its own symptoms, predominantly the constitutional symptoms already mentioned, as well as neurologic disease. HIV is carried across the blood-brain barrier by infected monocytes and macrophages and can cause aseptic meningitis, an encephalitis that leads to cognitive decline, called AIDS dementia, and myelopathy, called spinal cord infection. Peripheral nerve damage can also occur. Diagnosis of HIV is done in two steps. An ELISA screening test to detect antibodies to HIV and for the HIV, the P24 antigen, is done first. This has a high sensitivity but can give false positive results. If ELISA is positive, a Western blot test is performed, which is more specific and looks for antibodies by applying the patient's serum to a piece of paper containing common HIV antigens. Efforts to control this pandemic involve four strategies. The first is prevention, which involves education to avoid high-risk activities and screening blood donations. Next is vaccination. This is challenging because of the virus's ability to quickly mutate, its ability to transfer between cells without contacting the bloodstream where the antibodies live, and the fact that we don't have a good animal model to develop vaccines because HIV only infects humans. The closest thing we have is simian immunodeficiency virus, which is more like HIV-2 than HIV-1. The third method is by limiting viral growth, which is the best treatment we have right now. The big categories of HIV antivirals are nucleoside or nucleotide reverse transcriptase inhibitors, such as zidovudine, previously known as AZT, and zalcibatine, and protease inhibitors such as indinavir and sequinavir. The former category has been very successful, for example, in reducing mother-to-child transmission of HIV to 8% when given to the mother before birth and to the infant for six weeks postpartum. The latter category inhibits protease, which is crucial for viral replication. The combination of zidovudine, zalcitabine, and sequinavir has been shown to prolong life and extend elevations in CD4 counts. A combination of drugs, usually three taken together, is required to prevent resistance. This is called highly active antiretroviral therapy, or HAART. 
The common side effects of these drugs are relevant for the exam. See the antimicrobial section later in this chapter for an overview. That's it for Chapter 5. Thank you for listening. With that, we wrap up today's episode of the Crush Step 1 podcast. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, the publishing company behind Crush Step 1, as well as all of my other books, for allowing us to put out this book in podcast format. Thank you for joining us, and please check out our other chapters.